Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, February 13th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Horace, and I've got my guy, Kenny, as we are taking on a six-game slate filled with uh, what is probably going to be the uh, first time I've got to say this in a probably a bunch of months where a lot of value is present for me to actually go ahead and get into, which is exciting because I get to actually talk about some uh, some potential spend-ups to go along with that that I really feel good about. But uh, Kenny, and we're coming into this, uh, have the Clippers taking on the uh, Timberwolves right now as we're going in what could be a pretty uh, tight game, but how are things going on your end? How are, uh, how are your props coming along? Ah, oh, man, I just watched uh, one of my props die live on the air since um, Anthony Edwards just went over five free throws made. But I should still be able to hit um, all my other props for this um, Clippers-Wolves game. But, man, I'm, I'm I'm in, like, a rough stretch right now, man. EuroLeague's going to be off for the next two or three weeks um, since they're on their midseason break. Um, still waiting for, you know, March Madness to start, so, you know. The college games aren't as interesting as they should be. And then um, NBL, Australian basketball, is going to be coming to an end pretty soon. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad, man. I'm a little sad. <laughs> um, but, you know, I got the Clippers in a nice little playoff race. Sadly, they're not on this slate. But like you said, there's a little bit of value. A couple teams on a back-to-back. So, you know, I always like that. But, you know. I'm ready yeah. to get into this slate, man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, as you said, there's just so much uh, so much to potentially look at over here. But just before we go ahead and get into it, as always, you want to get yourself subscribed to Sports Ethos with that DFS pass to make sure that you are absolutely on top with what's going on as far as every day's DFS games are considered. You've got your DFS deliveries. You get access to not only our uh, our DFS deliveries and everything on the Sports Ethos website, but you also get access to our Discord where you can ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock to really get into what is going to make all the difference for you going right into the slate. But speaking about the slate, as we said, six games over here, a bunch of different ways that we can uh, potentially go ahead and get into this. But starting off with the uh, point guard side over here where uh, there's a bunch of opportunities that I'm really liking up in here going so far. And the first one that's going to jump out to me right away is that Detroit and LA Lakers game. Uh, you got a 237.5 game total on this one. And obviously, it's not uh, it's not a lot of fun to uh, see a potential spread of uh, 12 points for the, uh, for the Lakers themselves. But what it does still give you is uh, Detroit obviously getting some pretty decent opportunity for a bunch of guys going here. But I'm still going to start first and foremost with the man at the front for them, which is uh, Kate Cunningham at 7,800 now. So once again, below that uh, 8,000 mark, which gives you all that opportunity to be able to go ahead and take advantage of what should be a pretty soft matchup as far as the, the defensive side of things are concerned on the Lakers end. Obviously, I had a great game against the Clippers in that one where he really did uh, make him sweat all the way up until the end and ended up with a 47.5 DK points night on there. And we know as long as Kate is healthy and playing his uh, his regular allotment of minutes, he's going to be consistently a, a triple-double threat and a guy who can consistently put up anywhere between 45 to 50 DK points on that. So hopefully his last couple of games, which are trending in the positive direction as far as his shooting is concerned, is a trend that continues. He can still put up 22 to 23 real points to go alongside 
anywhere between eight to 10 assists. So a lot to like as far as the matchup here is concerned. And the fact that the Lakers themselves are looking at a back-to-back coming up as well, there's question marks about whether LeBron or the full team in general is going to be actually out and playing for the matchup. So definitely something to keep an eye on as we get closer to that matchup itself. A little bit uh, further down at 6,900, I'm also looking at that Miami-Milwaukee matchup with Tyler Hero uh, being in a great position to go ahead and get uh, quite a bit past uh, that value here. We know that Jimmy Butler is uh, sitting out for the uh, two-game road trip that uh, Miami is going to be taking on here. So Tyler Hero is likely to get a lot more opportunity, both as a point guard and just purely uh, from a usage perspective as well. So a lot to like as far as his upside is concerned over there. Uh, in general, uh, I think Miami is going to find themselves with a, a pretty uh, tight leash as far as the rotation is concerned. So Hero and a bunch of others that I'm going to be talking about as we go further into the slate as well are going to be areas that I'm going to be spending a good bit of attention as far as uh, as far as my picks are concerned. And then jumping into the uh, value side of things, I think there's a couple of guys that I'm uh, actually liking as far as uh, that sub 5,000 area is concerned. And they're already uh, actually pretty close to each other as far as price tags are concerned. So I'm just going to go back to back. We have 4,800 and 4,700 for both uh, Dennis Schroeder and uh, Dennis Smith Jr., both on the Brooklyn Nets. And I think both of them are definitely in play as far as GPP is concerned. We got to see Schroeder in his first game coming in for Brooklyn, playing 27 minutes, getting 13 shot attempts in that time, and getting himself up to 38 DK points in that in a double-double night right away. Now, it's not necessarily that he's going to get uh, those kind of shots on a nightly basis, but what he should be able to get is a lot of assists in a short period of time as he uh, really gets to be that uh, facilitator for the uh, Brooklyn Nets at this time with uh, both Spencer Dinwiddie gone and, in general, them lacking a bit of a, a true point guard outside of uh, whatever Ben Sims decide to play his uh, one game a month or whatever the heck he's doing nowadays. Same thing kind of goes with Dennis Smith Jr. as well, sitting at 4,700, about to play 24 minutes in the last game, put up 27 DK points. Probably has a little less upside than, uh, than Dennis Schroeder, just with the, the Schroeder's passing capability. So between them, I'd probably go for uh, for Dennis Schroeder, but you know, you, I think you have potential slots to be able to get uh, get your guy in. And then finally, and this is more of a uh, a bit of a, I don't know, up and down kind of season as far as Jalen Suggs is concerned. I still like his price tag a lot at 4,600. I think uh, the OKC Orlando game should be a good one from a kind of close matchup perspective. Jalen Suggs being a very solid defender for the Orlando Magic should find himself in a pretty good position to uh, play kind of closer to that 30-minute mark that uh, we would want to see on a regular basis. And at 4,600, it gives you the kind of upside that you're looking for from a value pick over there. So. Definitely someone to think about uh, as far as both GPP and even potentially cash is concerned, given his safe floor, but uh, lots of like and value. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely some solid picks. Um, but I'm kind of surprised you didn't go this route on the spend up, man. There's only one game on this slate that's even close to a 250 game total. I believe this Phoenix Sacramento game is mm. at 244.5 at the moment. And man, um, Devin Booker is just looking great in this spot. Um, seriously, man, usage rating is actually up to 30% uh, for the month of February. He's been deciding to shoot three-pointers. They haven't been connected, but he's been deciding to shoot three-pointers. That's always a plus sign, especially when you're running Booker. And his ability to get to the line been better than Kevin Durant in the month of February. 
So I'm looking at a potential 40-point game, 40 actual point game from Deborah Booker in this spot. Um, will it come with turnovers? Will it come with a couple of assists? Possibly. But what you're really looking for is, will he be able to be aggressive? Yes, I really do think he will be the most aggressive son on the floor in this matchup. So for 9-7, I'm definitely going to put him in cash and GPP when he has the potential to get you 60 DraftKings points in this spot on the six-game slate. Then going with the mid-tier pick, I don't have like a true mid-tier. This is almost low-tier territory, but I'm going to go with somebody who's going to be playing um, his team on a new team from 10 years ago. And that's um, Spencer Dinwiddie going up against the Detroit Pistons. I really think this is going to be a low-ownership play. I don't really think more than 2% of people will be on him, so this is a GPP play. But I do feel like he's going to have a good amount of run. And I do feel like LeBron and AD will be playing in this game. So look look for Dinwiddie to have about 20, 24 minutes in this game. Um, might not have the craziest stat line, but I do feel like he could get you a solid 30 DraftKings points at 5K. And going with my low-tier play, kind of like you said, the value just seemed to be there. And I, I want to go kind of out the blue with the value. Um, do you remember Ashton Haggins? Um, he was like a five-star recruit from Kentucky a few years back. He's on Portland right now. Been getting 20-plus minutes. I doubt more than 1% of players will be on him. So in a GPP, if you could get 30 minutes out of Haggins, going up against Minnesota on a back-to-back, I do feel like he can actually get you 10 natural points. Couple of assists, couple of rebounds, couple stocks, especially going on a back to back. So, hey, if you're thinking this game is going to be a blowout and you need somebody who's going to be low ownership at three sets, Haggins is the pick to go with. I like it, man. This is why uh, you got Kenny with the uh, the out of left field one. Definitely did not have uh, Haggins Haggins on my radar as far as that's concerned. But yeah, as you said, he's playing the the minutes out there. Obviously, we've got a couple of injuries on the Portland side that makes it a pretty interesting uh, potential play there. So definitely something I'll be keeping an eye on as far as the matchup is concerned. Uh, moving on to the uh, shooting guard side of things. Now, I, I know you mentioned why I didn't talk about Booker there, because I was kind of hoping to save him for the shooting guard side of things, but I'll uh, I'll let that one go. As everything you said is definitely the nail on the head as far as that matchup is concerned. I do also like uh, Jalen Brown currently sitting at 7,700 for uh, his matchup coming up against uh, Brooklyn here as well. Again, two matchups he's had with them already, and despite not shooting all that well, he's still been able to average about 40 DK points against them in that time. So in an up-tempo matchup, Jalen Brown himself not necessarily having any uh, huge uh, draft king nights, but he's actually been shooting well and uh, been getting some pretty decent rebounds as well. So it really just comes down to whether he can get some more of those uh, assists and other supporting stats to help really back that line up. And you're hoping that he can get somewhere closer to that uh, uh, 22 to 23 real points range to go alongside his capability to get uh, five rebounds and five assists. So it really just comes down to 
what are we expecting as far as his regular regular usage is concerned here in a matchup that hopefully Brooklyn at home can keep a little bit closer than if it was in Boston itself. So going to be keeping an eye out as far as that is concerned over there. And uh, going a little bit uh, lower down here, talking about that uh, Sacramento and Phoenix game, if I am uh, looking at the Devin Booker side, I also have the same kind of interest in Bradley Beal as well. For a guy who can definitely still put up buckets and over the last uh, four games before he had that, uh, I want to say a bit of a dud game against the Golden State Warriors, still ended up with 15 points, but he had 43, 25, and 30 real points in uh, back-to-back-to-back games uh, coming into this matchup over here. So definitely on a hot streak as far as his pure shooting is concerned. He's been shooting about 55% over the last week and a half, including over uh, 50% from three as well. So as much as uh, Bradley Beal can be a little bit up and down as far as his uh, supporting stats are concerned, his scoring is definitely coming around to where uh, Phoenix needs it to be. And for a guy who's still sitting in that kind of low 7,000s range, he gives you that upside to be able to get into the 40 plus on a consistent basis. So definitely something you want to keep keep an eye on as far as the matchup itself is concerned, especially if uh, both Sacramento and Phoenix are going to be as up-tempo and as close as this game is expected to be. And then uh, finally going uh, all the way into uh, some of these cheaper options over here. And really I'm keeping an eye out again on uh, what Marcus Sasser is going to be doing as far as the uh, Pistons are concerned. Obviously we saw his minutes really take a, uh, a take a backseat over the last uh, on the last specific game, which I was a bit unhappy about because I was hoping, you know, instead of uh, the minutes that they're keeping on giving to uh, Jaden Ivey and all with them obviously wanting to take a look at someone like Assasser in a season that obviously they don't have all that much to play for. I expect that we're going to start to see uh, a little bit more regularity in his minutes as far as the uh, mid to high 20s is concerned. So, you know, a bit of a GPP, GPP play, obviously, because of his 4,400 price tag, you're hoping for at least some sort of uh, production to be somewhere close to that. But given what we're seeing as far as the uh, spread is concerned for this game, we could see Sasser playing uh, a lot more minutes than uh, the 14 that he got last game, hopefully somewhere in the mid-20s. Right. Some solid picks. Um, I'm going to start with this um, Brooklyn-Boston game for my spend-up as well, but I'm actually going to go with the Bridges route. Um, again, I do feel like this game is going to be a little bit closer than most might think. I know it is a lower point total. I want to say the second lowest total on the slate. But if this game stay competitive, the number one reason would probably be due to um, Mikel Bridges' contribution in scoring, defense, and facilitating. So I do feel like you could get a sneaky 45-50 DraftKings points game out of Bridges um, on pretty low ownership as well. Now, going for my mid-tier pick, that that's been that, that was a little harder to do on um this late. But I'm actually gonna run it back with another piston. Um and that's gonna be Jaden Ivy. Um I I really don't know what this team is really doing at this point in the season. So again, this is probably more of a GPP play. Uh, but Ivy been getting minutes. The problem is Pistons acquired what four new players that been that's going to be incorporated into the rotation. Um, Fontecchio was incorporated, but for my low tier play, 
I might as well just throw him out right now. Quentin Grimes is going to be my low-tier play at 3-8. I really do think if he plays, he will get 24 to 30 minutes. And the minutes that they gave Fontecchio could be a good sign of the minutes that they're going to give Quentin Grimes. So if you want to play cash game, I will go with Jaden Ivey as a mid-tier play. But if you want to play a GPP route, Quentin Grimes or 3-8 will be who I would be plugging in from the Pistons in this spot against the Lakers, which should be able to give you minutes in a close game due to his defensive capabilities and in a blowout due to them just seeing what they got in, in this play. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think there's just so much to uh, potentially look at as far as that Detroit game in general is considered just so many different ways they could potentially go. I'm glad you mentioned Fontecchio because I definitely am putting him on, on my radar as far as small forwards are concerned. I mean, him getting 19 shots, including nine three-point attempts in the first game for a Detroit team that could use anything that they possibly can get as far as shooting is concerned. I, I do think he'll probably find himself in a, a pretty similar scenario there, pretty much taking over the Bogdanovich role while being much younger, so actually having some sort of future to go with uh, with everything else that uh, obviously Detroit are hoping to find as far as uh, something to take away as, as some positivity as far as the season's concerned. So, yeah, there's just so many ways that uh, that game itself could go that you really want to think about kind of having a couple of these guys in, in some potential hedges and seeing who actually ends up going off. But the good thing is that they're all so cheap that you know, you're likely still going to be able to get something that doesn't completely destroy a lineup if one of them doesn't absolutely end up hitting. And that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm going with uh, both uh, both Fontecchio and even uh, Osar Thompson, who's uh, sitting at uh, 4,900 now at this point and, and still hopefully being in a position where he'll uh, be able to get uh, anywhere between uh, 28 to uh, 30 minutes on a regular basis now. So obviously gives you a lot of upside from a rebounding capability and kind of those off uh, position steals and blocks that he shows that he has the uh, capability of being able to get in a hurry if he can find himself uh, getting into some sort of groove. So clearly his, uh, his minutes are relatively secure at this point now, which is a great sign. Hopefully we can see some of those lines that we were seeing at the start of the season before, uh, before his uh, role got taken away from him. So yet again, yet again, another Detroit guy to be able to uh, pay attention to uh, while we're talking about all of this, uh, going into a spend up here, I do want to talk about while we spoke about Jalen Brown on the uh, on one side over here, Jason Tatum is probably going to be that other uh, spend up that I'm potentially looking at uh, in this game as well. And it really just comes down to what uh, what some of my other uh, value picks are going to work out to be to see if I have the budget for him. But at 9,500, a guy who's been just absolutely on fire for the last little bit now, uh, three out of the last four games, 58 plus DK points in that time. Uh, the matchup against uh, Brooklyn continues to be one that he's done really well in, even if he's not necessarily shooting from the uh, two-point range all that great in the matchup. He's averaging about uh, 27.5 points in the matchup while shooting about 48% from three and uh, getting himself a double-digit rebound. So it really just comes down to whether he can get a couple more of those uh, of those dimes. And to his credit, over the last four games, he's now averaging uh, over, uh, over seven and a half dimes at that time. So obviously a bit of a... A, uh, a recalibration in terms of what his uh, what his ball handling role is becoming, because in this uh, last real month and a half, we've seen more of those uh, games where he's getting seven and above assists rather than uh, those two, three, four that he was having for a good bit uh, earlier on in the season. So uh, an interesting uh, little wrinkle as far as that uh, Jason Tatum himself is concerned. 
And uh, at the same time, uh, looking at the um, uh, looking at uh, the mid-tier side of things over here, I do potentially think that depending on what uh, the back-to-back uh, -back situation looks like over here and what the health status of everything on Portland looks like, I may be tempted to throw a, a GPP, I don't want to call it a punt because he's 7,800, but a GPP stab at uh, Jeremy Grant at uh, 7,800 over here. Now, for, uh, to his credit, you know, we know very much that he can be a boomer bust player. He can have the kind of game that he had against Detroit, or he can have uh, the kind of games that he ended up having against um, against uh, New Orleans, where he still played 41 minutes, but uh, you know had the bad shooting night and didn't get himself uh, closer to that uh, 40 mark where you were hoping. But what you know he will get on a regular basis is those shot attempts. And for a, a Portland team that's going to need whatever they can to be able to get some scoring, I think he's uh, another guy to uh, potentially look at as a as a uh, bit of a GPP guy who probably won't get much ownership given the uh, amount of uh, other opportunities that uh, people have in that kind of price tag range. Oh, man, I, I, I love how you ended with my spend up, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at Grant as my spend up um, at the small forward position. I really do feel like he will be low ownership, which is something I always like, especially in my GPPs. I do feel like the matchup won't be as scary as people are thinking again they're on the back to back i know they're blowing out my clippers right now but they're still on the back to black back need to take a late flight need to have a game in less than 24 hours so i do feel like a few players might sit out and this just seemed like a spot where grant could actually be um underlooked and actually give you 50 drafting points for seven eight and that's definitely going to let you um, take down a GPP, especially since this is such a late game. Um, going to mid-tier, man, it's hard to call that like a mid-tier play. Um, but this is going to be kind of like my cash play, I guess you would say. And that's going to be um, Triple J, man. Hotkeys, uh for four or five going up against Milwaukee, who is also on a back-to-back. I do feel like this will be chalky. So you're looking at about 15, maybe 10% ownership just due to Milwaukee being on the back-to-back -back and some of the injury news that might be coming out of Miami. Um, he hasn't been in the greatest form lately, but I still do feel like a lot of people will be on him, especially it's going to allow them to get to other places. Now for my GPP play. I'm going back to the Brooklyn game, man. Um, I do feel like this is somebody who will be less than 3% owned, and that's Jalen Wilson. Um, I want to say he got the start the other night um, over DF DFS, and, man, the dude ended up playing about 35 minutes, so he's definitely going to get some minutes. Um, won't do too much other than to score a couple points for you. Um, I give you a couple rebounds and assists, but for three seven and maybe two percent ownership, I don't mind getting a sneaky twenty points um, in order to take down the GPP. Yeah, I like it. I think there's a lot to uh, a lot to digest over there, and I mean, you definitely got uh, Hakez on there. Going to be super chalky, but for for good reason, given that uh, he's likely to find himself playing anywhere between uh, thirty to thirty five minutes on there. But when we're talking about uh, some of these other power forwards on here, I'm going back to that uh, the back-to-back -back and you know, watching what uh, the Wolves are doing now. 
know, hopefully it'll mean that uh, Taos can get a couple of minutes of uh, additional rest over here because I do love his price tag going into a, a Minnesota and Portland matchup where he is going to just love that Aiton matchup. He's continued to have his way with the DeAndre Aiton in all the matches that they do end up going together. Heck, in that first game, ended up 7 of 8 from the field. Obviously didn't need to take all that many shots on there, but ended up with 7 free throw attempts to go with that to end up with a 40 DK point night on an incredibly efficient uh, 27 minutes played for him. So we're hoping that you know Minnesota on, on this time can get a, a little bit more from him in that uh, in that matchup that Portland can keep it closer. If I'm running with uh, a potential Jeremy Grant on one side, then perhaps I'll be more inclined to take uh, Towns on the other side and uh, hope that they can uh, pretty much have a, a bit of a shootout together be able to go ahead and uh, get a good a good a fantasy night going for them. Now, you already uh, already mentioned Hakez, so I'll leave him alone. The other one to keep in mind is uh, really what uh, Porzingis' health status is going to be uh, for this game. Now, he's dealing with a bit of a uh, lower back problem, so if he does end up sitting out there, then Al Horford definitely becomes a very viable play once again. Uh, you know, anytime that uh, Porzingis is out, he does end up finding himself playing a much more closer to that uh, 28 to 32 minute mark rather than uh, the uh, 21 to 24 that he plays otherwise. And as soon as that happens, he all of a sudden becomes a, a sneaky big double double threat, able to put up a 40 plus DK points on a on a half decent night over there. So, uh, lot to uh, lot to keep an eye out on as far as that uh, potential side of things is concerned. But yeah, I think the uh, the idea of uh, Hawkins as a great value play, uh, Al Holford as a potential mid tier, and uh, Towns as a uh, as an expensive guy is uh, it's an interesting way to go as far as power forwards are concerned. Yep, um, I'm actually gonna go a little bit different with my um, power forward picks. Um, if I'm not running D Booker, I'm actually gonna go with KD at nine eight. Um, again, highest game total on the slate. Um, I do feel like, again, this will be a chalky pick, so this should only be for cash games. I won't really go that route for GPP. Um, but you you can't really go too much safer than that. Should be around 45, 55 DraftKings points from him, uh, especially if the games stay competitive. Do have a bit of upside, um... Up to about 70 DraftKings points, but I really don't see it in this spot. So it's more of a cash game play if you're trying to, you know, keep it safe and, you know, play with the chalk. Now, for my mid-tier pick, I don't think he will be as chalky. I do feel like he will be in a 10% range. So you could use him in cash or GPP, and that is the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Um, again, not the prettiest game total in this matchup, but... If the game stay somewhat competitive, you should be able to get 20 actual points out of him. And he does have the ability to give you about 10 rebounds plus assists. So you're looking at about a solid 35, 40 point DraftKings night from him if he just give you a average game. Now for my um, GPP play. that that's there, there was two routes I was thinking about going. Um, I kind of ended up settling on this route because he was a few hundred dollars te- cheaper. And that's going to be Trey Laos. I-, I do like this Sacramento-Phoenix matchup. I feel like he will get you about 20, 25 minutes. He sh- should be able to get close 
to a double-double in this matchup, especially if um, Norkic not playing as many minutes um, as I think he would be. I, I really do see Norkic getting in foul trouble in this game. So you're looking at a potential 12 points and seven rebounds with one or two three-pointers hit out of him. So solid 20-point draft game point night for 4K. I'm really going to go with that in either GPP or cash games. So that's kind of how I'm going to be running a power forward position tomorrow. Hmm, solid. No, very interesting ways of uh, going about doing it. Something to potentially think about over there, especially, as you said, with Nurkic being a bit uh, up and down as far as his, uh, his minutes total is concerned and his just overall you know, performance at this point. Uh, going on to the uh, center spot here, my last uh, kind of spend up of the night that I'm taking a look at over here, and he's likely to be pretty uh, pretty heavily owned just given how things are working out. But that's Bam Adebayo at 8,300 over here. Now we know that uh, any opportunity he gets to be more of a playmaker and just more involved in the offense whenever kind of one of the kind of big uh, offensive pieces of, uh, of Miami, meaning either Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero, are either sitting out or, or just playing less uh, less aggressively in a given night. It's Bam who gets to pick it up, and we got to see that right off the bat in the first game over there with um, uh, in that last one against Boston, where even though he had a, a 7 of 18 shooting night on there, ended up with a monster 52 DK points and is likely to be in a scenario over here in the Milwaukee game where if Miami is to do anything to try and keep it even somewhat close, it's going to require Bam Adebayo to have uh, one of those uh, nights uh, that he has had in the past against Milwaukee. And, you know, you don't want to necessarily read too, too much into a, a previous performance out there, but he had 55 DK points in the one game that he did play against them so far and uh, had himself a beautiful night from the field, 13 of 27, to get him to 31 actual points to go alongside a double-double with 10 rebounds as well. So a lot to like uh, as far as this matchup in general is concerned. Uh, you know, Milwaukee is as good as uh, they have been from, uh, from the perimeter purely scoring. Their defense has been questionable at best as far as the uh, not only the season, but really over the last a little bit has gone. So this is actually a pretty positive matchup as far as you know, pure matchups is concerned, as far as Bam is considered as well. So lots of like as far as him for my spend up there. And as far as a uh, mid-tier is concerned, and this is, again, I, I feel like uh, this Detroit-LA game is going to either make or break so many of my slates over here, but Jalen Duran at 7,100 is always going to be uh, in play for me just with his, uh, his upside from a pure rebounding perspective, even if his shot is not going. And we've seen huge benefits of that over the last three games where he's had 40-plus DK points, both all three of those games being 15-plus rebounds in that, and ending up with anywhere between 40 to 62 DK points in that time. So for a guy who's sitting at 7,100, not necessarily the greatest matchup in the world going up against uh, against either an Anthony Davis or a little of uh, what they can throw otherwise, but you know he is coming in questionable for this game if he doesn't end up playing. Uh, Anthony Davis, that is, that definitely is going to be a spot that uh, Jalen Duran is just going to absolutely be a vacuum as far as rebounds are concerned. So a lot of upside with uh, the rest of his uh, his line going with that as well. And then as far as value is concerned, and I feel like this is the, this is the first time I'm going to be uh, recommending him uh, in years at this point, and that is a guy who got to play what I'm hoping is going to become a regular 25 minutes in the last game, which is... Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic got to play 25 minutes in that last game against Chicago. His minutes total has been steadily rising over the last uh, little bit now as he's uh, clearly getting back into uh, some sort of regular game shape here. And 
we got to see exactly what kind of upside Isaac can offer from a defensive standpoint and a rebounding standpoint. In just 25 minutes, putting up 12 rebounds, three blocks and a steal, and uh, getting that opportunity against Chicago, which was a pretty solid matchup uh, for him, and he was able to go ahead and take advantage. And now, uh, into a matchup against the Oklahoma City Thunder, where you're going to get a lot more of a requirement for someone like a Jonathan Isaac to be uh, useful for the Orlando Magic in this matchup, given the fact that Chet Holmgren and, in general, what the uh, what the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder do inside the paint makes it uh, pretty difficult for others to be able to handle it. So for someone like a, um, a Jonathan Isaac who can rotate out onto the perimeter and, and keep a little bit more of a contest on some of those outside jumpers that Chet Holmgren likes to take, that might uh, force them to play a little bit more of a, a different game and, and work into Orlando's favor. So, you know, 3400 it gives you enough of a, uh, a cushion as far as his price is concerned. But uh, I do think he's going to start to see regular 25 minutes and uh, become that contributor to get into those uh, mid to high 20s on a regular basis as far as decay points are concerned. Right. Pretty solid picks. Definitely like the Isaac play. Um, want to say it's been probably since December since I actually ran him in the line. But nah, some solid picks. Um, I'm going a little bit different. Um, when it comes to my chalk play, my probably second or most, but probably my favorite play on the slate, um, I've got to say Sabonis. If this game does stay competitive, he has a potential of getting a triple double in this game. Um, want to say he had a triple double, what every single game in February except one where he only played about 30 minutes. Um, but I really do love the spot for him, and I do feel like he has the potential to get you 70 drafting points in this spot for 10k. And I will run him back with either one of um Booker or KD, so. That's going to be a bulk of my salary and my cash and GPP lines. Um, when it comes to a mirror pick, I know you like Bam a whole lot, but since it's a back-to-back, I like Bobby Portis a whole lot, especially for Sets 8. If any news come out and Lopez will be out, that's going to be a pretty chalky move. Even if Lopez does start, I do feel like Portis should get about 30 minutes in this spot. Um, he has yet to get a double double under Doc Rivers, and I do feel like this could probably be his first game with a double double going up against um, an underman Miami team. For my GPP play, kind of like how you talked about Isaac, this player started to get some minutes, started to be a part of the rotation. Only difference is this player is going up against one of the worst teams in the league, and when you can have a potential veteran. In the lineup, hey, he might be able to get a um, couple more plus-minus moves on um, the younger <laughs> Detroit squad. And that's Jackson Hayes. I really do feel like he will get 20 minutes in this game, possibly more, if it turns into a blowout. And I want to say the last time he got 20 minutes, um, they was playing Boston. And, man, the dude basically had a double-double in the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, so I... Do you feel like ownership should be around 5% for him in GPPs? Cash games, I probably wouldn't go that route, to be honest with you. But you have a potential to get a player at 4-1 who can get you up to 30 drafting points um, if everything goes right for him. All right. Well, there's lots of interesting plays there, and I, I do like the uh, the pick in general by Bobby Portis. 
if he can, as you said, uh, find himself in those uh, in those kind of minutes that we could see if Brook Lopez does end up sitting out there. So again, all this is really boiling down to is you need to keep track of what injuries and what uh, lineups are going to look like all the way up until lineup lock. So want to go ahead and once again point out that uh, that DFS pass is what you need to get. Get onto Sportitos and get yourself subscribed to it and get the best value in the business. But as always, love hearing uh, what your thoughts are going to be as far as lineups are concerned. Who are the spend-ups that you're targeting as far as these matchups are concerned? And how worried are you with uh, with some of these back-to-backs? You know, hit me up on either Instagram or Twitter at HAK underscore devil to talk through what exactly your approach is going to be. And as always, Kenny, where can the good people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at OrangeDFS, always talking about all levels of basketballs from NBL, NBA, NCAA. I'm always down to talk basketball. Love it. Well, looks like you'll get a little bit of a breather with uh, a lot of these leagues taking a bit of a breather on their own, but that doesn't stop with Sports Ethos. So definitely keep yourself up to date with us, and we will catch you on the next one where Ramiz and I will be taking down the uh, Wednesday slate that's going to be coming up. So your lovely Valentine's Day one. But until then, good luck to all, and let's take down some GPPs. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.